bad. Tastes like beer to me. Yeah, me too. That's <laughs> great. Tonight I feel ambitious and so does my Yo, I gotta have sex tonight. McNeely. Trip McNeely. No way, man. Trip McNeely. Trip McNeely. Would you like to touch? What about that time during softball practice and Ricky Feldman hit that line drive and it hit you right in your nuts? Ha <laughs> ha! A, a sex machine. You're the one, Amanda. What is wrong with everybody? These are memories frozen in time, people! Hey everybody, welcome. My name is Matt and I'm here with Andrew. Today we're going to be talking about Can't Hardly Wait, the stereotypes within, why the film isn't meant to be deep, and why this movie still speaks to generations today. So grab your popcorn and Reese's Pieces and let's break it down on the Post Credit Podcast. Maybe maybe in Big Bang theories that way too, you know. How I Met Your Mother kind is like that. I mean, yeah, you got think, that one guy. I think it goes season by season. Like I would say in the very first season of Friends, from my limited viewing of it, like Ross, Rachel, and Monica would be like the leads. Well, right, right, right. But what I'm saying is, is like. <laughs> You know how how like watch Tenet. I don't know why we're talking about friends. I know, but but, but you watch like the movie Tenet, right? You know the main character is Denzel Washington's son. You know, you know that that's the main character, or, or you know, uh, well, like you know, uh, what is it? Um, Pirates of the Caribbean is kind of different in that way, where it's got like two main characters. You know, for the most part. So like you know the first three movies, it's it's Jack, and then it's also. Uh, Orlando Bloom's character, yeah, you know, who are kind of like the main character. They share the main characters. Where this movie it w- wasn't really a main. There was kind of. I mean, I know. I get where you're coming from, saying that he's he's a main character. I'd say actually, I'd say pirates. I'd say Will Turner was the main character in the first one. Okay, because it started off with him yeah. as a boy yeah. and all that kind of stuff in his journey. I'd say in the second movie, uh, uh, Elizabeth Swan was the main character because. It had a lot of her, a lot yeah, of scenes went dark. of hers. Like, trying, she went you know, dark, you know, right? Behind enemy lines. Like, full-on pirate All this wench. kind of stuff, yeah. And, she, you know, she's, she, um, you know, uh, what, strapped him up or handcuffed him to right, the, right. The, the thing. And but I think the last one is all about Jack, Jack and, and whether he really wants to live yeah. forever. And then the last, last one is about Barbosa, technically. You know, and his daughter. You know, but his history. Yeah. But you know, I you see what I mean though with 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 this the way it's kind of set up is like TV shows because you know it, it almost seems like a lot of the characters have a lot of equal sharing uh, screen time. You know, and 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 they just flip to different parts and they do flashbacks and stuff like that. You know, when in movies they don't tend to do a ton of flashbacks, but in TV shows it's rampant. You know, I mean it's full of nothing but flashbacks. You know, but but I, I kind of felt like this was set up as a TV show, and and I get who you. Who you you're saying that's like the main character, but I also think that Presty Prest. Yeah, but I also can kind of think that you know Seth Green could be you know he's got a big chunk of the movie too. You know, I, I yeah I I could see that. Um, did you, did you watch this with your 
your family? I did, I did, I did. I, ha- I had to kind of mute some of the scenes. I mean, not not a ton of them, but, you know. But, you know, that's that's another thing I was going to say about this is it's not as a dirty adult movie as we started to get after this, you know, with American Pie and not another teen movie and, you know, yeah. all the things we have nowadays. Like, you know, I mean, first of all, what happened to teen movies? I think the last one we had really was like The Duff or something like that. Uh, yeah, but they got this one that I, I, I keep messing with my daughter about watching, and she's because she's seen part one. It's called like the Kissing Booth or something, and she's seen part one and she refuses to watch part two because she thought it was all ridiculous, anyways. Mm. You know, but I mean, some of the the I don't know. I think Mean Girls was like one of the last really kind of teenage yeah, type. But then that dramas. Duff came out like five That's years true. ago or something like that. They just don't but that really wouldn't be really that anymore. popular anymore. Yeah. You know, it's it's interesting because it's the reason, you know, like before this, before this movie came, um, well, I should say before Scream came along, um, there wasn't really a targeted audience for teen movies. You know, studios, this is what the directors for Can't Hardly Wait have said too, is that, you know, studios hadn't... Um, you know, they, they didn't have any movies coming out targeted towards, you know, just, you know, the big teen audience that they would get or, or where it's just teen main characters. And then once Scream came out and it had all this uh, success, you know, suddenly studios were looking for all kinds of teen movies, whether it's teen horror, teen comedy, whatever, teen drama, Cruel Intentions, all that kind of stuff. But Yeah, but I think Claire Danes was doing it before <laughs> then, too. You know, she's doing a lot of these type of... You know, like doing the like the Romeo and Juliet kind of thing. And well, the, I mean, you know, the, the Mod Squad, yeah, the Romeo and Juliet. My so-called stuff, life. But, that but you know, show. It, it, those are TV shows and stuff. But yeah. I mean, like 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 the directors were saying, like nobody was doing this until Scream, and then Scream came out while they were filming this movie, and um, so they were, you know, they they were like, you know, this gonna work out great for us. And then you know, after this, then you got your She's All That, and your you know, Ten Things I Hate About You, and all these mm-hmm. uh, these others that kind of follow the, along with it. But also, you gotta you gotta include stuff like I Know What You Did Last Summer. You know, some of these horror flicks too. Where that that's, that's really what I'm saying. Scream started the situation. Yeah, Scream started it, and, yeah. and and it went along with this. And then this was this was kind of bringing back the, the in the vein of Clueless and. Yeah. You know, um, days and how would you la- how would you, kind of stuff? Like, how would you label this? Because I, I was trying to explain to my wife that, you know, the type of movies we're going to be doing this month, and you know, the the type of nineties uh, teen comedy, nineties teen comedy, but it's kind of like, you know, yeah, okay, teen. I guess you could the nineties teen. I say the to, I'd say the only thing that we're planning on doing is Varsity Blues. It's not really a comedy. It's more of like a teen drama. I mean, it's got some comedy in there. It's got a little bit, but I mean, these other ones are more focused on like you know the the slapstick uh, antics yeah. of the nineties. They know. have dance numbers. Did you notice that that's what's big with these type of movies? And in this one, instead of having a dance, dance number, number, this this guy does Paradise City. Yes, and that's yes. like the dance number of this movie or whatever. But yeah, and 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 you know, it's it's my next question to you because okay, so so we're we're going with. Uh, let me intro it real quick. Okay. Uh, so today we're going to be doing, uh, we're going to be talking about Can't Hardly Wait. Uh, this movie came out in 1998. Uh, it was directed uh, and written by uh, Harry Elfont and Deborah Kaplan. I think Deborah Kaplan actually has a cameo in this movie as well. Um, it stars Jennifer Love Hewitt, Ethan Embry, uh, Charlie Corsmo, who you might know from Hook fame, uh, Lauren Ambrose from uh, Six Feet Under, right? She's yeah. in that show. Yeah. Uh, Peter Fascinelli, also known as uh, Carlisle Cullen. 
um, uh, Seth Green, and uh, we're going to get into this, but this is like Cameo City for this movie, uh, and, I, and I have a list of them. But Jerry O'Connell. But yeah, so the, I mean, this movie is like, it's like a time capsule of like fashion, tropes, stereotypes, music, and like memories. Uh, it's not meant to be a deep character studies film. The filmmakers even said... You're not supposed to, like, get into deep character studies with these characters. Each one of these characters is a stereotype from the late 90s. Whether it's in movies or in real-life high school, you knew one of these people or you were one of these people. And that's what I like about it is, like, they, they don't try to be something else. It doesn't try to be some kind of deep drama movie with teenagers. This is meant to be a funny movie, a fun movie, and uh, to represent all the different stereotypes and stuff. So I mean that's what I've always liked about it. What were you gonna What were you gonna ask me before I had to end? Um, well, with these type of movies, um, so you 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 called them what like teen dramas? I I say you know nineties teen comedies. Okay, nineties teen. Okay, I guess that makes sense because if we call them teen dramas or teen comedies or whatever, and we're watching them now, it kind of sounds creepy. You, you can just say nineties teen. But if you say nineties, because I was a teen in the nineties, so. Yeah, so, 90s teen movies, and then you got, you know, you're, if you want specificity, then, you know, 90s teen horror, 90s teen comedy, 90s yeah, teen drama. Yeah. Your drama would be like your uh, Cruel Intentions or, um, uh, what is it? Uh, oh, and Buffy, Buffy would be your supernatural yeah. type, you know, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, that kind of thing. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Not the movie so much as the TV show, but that, but that, that came that out more early time. 2000s, though. It was like around when No, Smallville no, that came out in 96. Buffy came out in Buffy started in 96? Yeah, the TV oh, okay. show. The movies was, I think. Yeah, the, the movies was much 80s. earlier than that. No, I think it was like 91 or was something it? like that. Yeah. Something like that. It might have been late 80s, but. But so so who do you think, okay, for this type of movie, because it, it has its own niche, you know, it really does. I mean, there's people that just love these movies. I, I grew up loving these movies. I mean, this is my high, this is me, my culture during you know, the 90s, you know, during 98, 99 or whatever, you know, that's that's when I went to high school, you know, and uh, it's so much like that. But with this type of movie, what would you consider like, who's the king of these type of movies? What do you mean? Freddie like, Prince Jr.? Is that what yeah, you're getting at? Well, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> like either Freddie Prince Jr. I mean, even Matthew Lillard's kind of kind of like not more so the king is as like the. The, he did the a lot brother of, he of the king. He did a lot something. of weird off-ball things like uh, Wicker Park and um, yeah. SLC Punk and all stuff like that. Whereas yeah. Freddie Prince Jr. is in like like the Summer Catch and uh, yeah, well in, like, they, they were in that she's one where all he that drank too shampoo together. and he was in love with Julia Styles <laughs> and he was like a, a chef but he drank shampoo or something. Yeah, yeah, but, I can't remember. So you would say. Probably Freddie P- Prince is the king of these type of movies. Because, right? like, what, I know what you did last summer. He was in that movie too, you know, yeah. with Jennifer Love Hill and the. He's sequel, just known for sequel. it. Now, who would you say consider the queen then of these type of movies? Um, I, mean, I, I would kind of probably consider Jennifer Love Hewitt, maybe even. You know, I guess she was in a couple. I mean, I, I you know, I think they tried to, you know, each movie tried to get their own, you know, teen heroine. princess heroine yeah. type of thing. You know, you had to call it that because that's how it was back then. Yeah, and the mentality of it and all that kind of stuff. But um, you know, in the early '90s, it started to be like Liv Tyler. She was in a lot of these younger, she was. Uh, maybe not so or... so much teen, but young adult yeah. type type movies with. Um, uh, oh God! What was that one movie she was in? Oh, uh, uh, Armageddon. Inventing the Abbots and 
uh, Empire Records and a few other. Lord of the Rings. (laughs) That was much later, but um, you know, it's. I I like that the the urgency of the movie is is represented, you know, to that urgency to 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 move on at the end of high school. Yeah. Um, The urgency to move on from the '90s because this was in the late uh, late '90s, and the urgency to move on from movies like this. Yeah. Because, like I said, you know, Ethan Embry was in this and. He was talking about how um, when this movie uh, when this movie came out, you know, they had to really nerf it down. You know, you couldn't see anybody actually, you know, chugging beer yeah. or anything like that or doing drugs or anything. Yeah. And then a year later, American Pie came out. Right. And, you know, he was pissed about that because, you know, Ethan Embry in real life is not like his sweet Preston character that he plays in yeah. this movie and everything. But... You know, he wanted it to be more, you know, outgoing, more vulgar and all that yeah. kind of stuff. But, you know, th- this is like the last of those movies where it's like, you know, it's more you watch it when you're younger than the people that are these ages where you're like, it's an idolization. I can't wait to get to that point where I'm moving on and yeah. all that. And then after this, like American Pie, not another teen movie, it's more vulgar. It's more an adult version of people that wish they were still back in high school. Right, right. You know, looking back instead of looking forward. And so this is like kind of one of the last innocent type movies like that. Uh, innocent teen movies, I guess I would say. Yeah, and, and I guess she would have been, uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt would have been what around it? that 22 age. 22 years ago. She's, 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 she is 40, 41 right now. So back then she, she would she, have been like 20. No, she would have been like nineteen at least. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was something. I think she was like twenty or something like that. So the same thing with Ethan Embry. He was him and her. They were like and Jason Segel. Yeah, he's, uh, he's one year older than she is, and then uh, th- those were around the younger ones. And Seth Green were like four or five years older, and you had Peter Fatsnelli. He was four or five years older. You know. Wow. No. Uh, yeah, Seth Green was. Because Seth Green is... I think he's about four or five years older than... 45 now. But, yeah. I mean, it's funny because you look at him and he looks like probably one of the youngest people on the cast, but yet was probably one of the oldest ones. He's always been that way, though. I mean, he was always... The dude never like, ages. He really doesn't. He's one of those, you know... Or he ages very slowly. You know, he's always been kind of a... Uh, uh, well, I don't know, but he has, like, a very deep voice that yeah. doesn't, like, match his body type, if well, that makes sense. Yeah, because Peter uh, Facinelli... Mm-hmm. Is actually only a year older than Seth Green, you know, in general. I want to talk about these cameos that are in these movies. Yeah, I know. You've been wanting to talk about the cameos. So let me just get out of the way because okay. it's awesome. Um, but you got your main cast, your core cast, right? You got your Jennifer Love Hewitt, who plays Amanda Beckett, Ethan Embry, um, Charlie Corsmo, uh, Lauren Ambrose, uh, Peter Fascinelli, uh, uh Seth Green, and... Uh, and this is when you start to get into uh, uh, so some of the, the other cameos of people that got like famous at blew up after this, right? That's what you're talking about. Not not so much the cameos as as like just the no, cast just, of characters, just people that showed up that you're like, wow, after this movie, right. they, they were because like what the directors were saying was that during this time, like we said, no no studios were making movies for these age groups, right? And so these people had no work. And so they were able to. They like everybody wanted to be in this movie. All these young yeah. actors, these late teen, early twenties actors, they all wanted to be in this movie because there was no other work. Yeah. So you know they were able to get all these people who would eventually blow up. Jason Segel, Donald Faison, who ended up, you know, he was you know a, a, um, a uh, Clueless alumni, 
right? Remember, he was, uh, what's her name? Well, I know, but starting with Donald Faison, you know, he was, uh, what's her name? Stacy Dash's, uh, boyfriend. Yeah. I can't remember what his name was. Um, but, um, but hey, we we, we are going to do Clueless. We really want to yeah. do Clueless really bad. So we'll we'll be definitely covering a lot of that. Right. And what we like, we enjoy more is Scrubs. Yeah. Who you uh, go on go on to play uh, Turk. It's hard to see him in anything else. Like even even with 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 Clueless, you know, it, it's just harder to see uh, Donald. He hasn't been on in a lot of. Stuff. I know. Like after Scrubs, like he did a, you know, a couple movies here and there where, but he played like smaller roles or whatever. But. That's kind of like him. Him and Zach Zach Braff are really pretty much, you know, very typecasted in that role yeah. for for that. Yeah, and Brecken Meyer, he's also in this, uh, also in Clueless. Um, so I think he was like one of the skater dudes in Clueless yeah. and everything. He was in a lot of these type of movies too, right? Well, yeah, and Brecken Meyer and Seth Green, they are good friends. Obviously, yeah. Brecken Meyer has been with Seth Green doing voices for Robot Chicken yeah. for years, yeah. ever since they started. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, Brecken Meyer's been doing stuff, but he's also had some of the the uh, USA shows. I forgot uh, what what USA show he was he was doing on there. Might have been a lawyer or something. But, um, anyways, uh, you know, Jason Segal, uh, Dan, Donald Faison, uh, Brecken Meyer, Jerry O'Connell as the guy who was the 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 you know the king of high school the year previous and is now in college. Everybody idolized him. And he comes back and, you know, talks about how miserable it is in, in college. Yeah. Uh, Dharma herself, Jenna Elfman from Darna, yes. Dharma and Greg. Yes. She plays a uh, dancer. Yeah. Make sure you get that right. It's a dancer. Yeah. And uh, dressed as an angel in this. Um, Clarissa herself. Clarissa explains it all. Out. Melissa Joan Hart. Was also on, and, and she was also in a couple of these types Sabrina, of movies as Sabrina, the well. teenage witch, she was did for a while. Yeah. And, that, and she was actually doing that while she did this movie because they wanted her to be in this movie. But knowing that her schedule was Sabrina, the teenage witch, yeah. the first one, not the one that's on Netflix right now, um, knowing that she was going to be doing that, she asked to, to do just a smaller part, and she wanted to be the yearbook girl. You know, um, Jamie Presley of My Name Is Earl and uh, and and other things. Er- Selma Blair, Eric Balfour, Selma Blair, Sarah Rue. Well, well, you just stop you real quick on on the. Uh, Eric- I was done. Oh, okay. Well, with Eric Balfour, <laughs> like he's one of those actors that like has never done anything like outstanding, but he's been in so many flicks. Like he's never really done anything that's. Like he's never really like starred in anything. He's always been like like the sidekick, not sidekick, but no, I know what you mean. You know what I mean? Like he was the one who a lot of movies. Who Leatherface took his his face and his hair in the remake and stuff. Yeah, but but that's what I'm saying. Like that that's the type of actor. He's the type of guy that was in a lot of movies, just never really starred any. So he's probably kind of trying to think of another actor that's bitten like that. You know, kind of um, Ian McKellen was kind of like that a little bit. And then, you know, what, in the last 20 years, he just kind of blew up, you know, as far as his Thank role. Thank you, Lord of the Rings. Thank yeah, you, X-Men. Uh-huh. Exactly. But but he was kind of another one that was in a lot of films that just didn't really break out until, you know, he started doing American-type films, you know. But Balfour is, is, is the same way, kind of, I think. You know, yeah, he it, was on, uh, I can't remember which season of 24, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, but that's that's what I'm saying. He's he's kind of one of those actors, yeah. you know. And th- they had a lot of these actors that are like that that are just kind of really didn't go, that just did p- pictures like that, you yeah. know, where it didn't really blow up. But, yeah, I mean, and that's the reason that so many people were here because you know before this there was just no work for 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 this age group or anything. Um, no. 
you know, if you decide to watch this movie, don't take it seriously. You know, here's a spoiler. Alert. There's an actual UFO abduction at the end after a couple. We see yeah. a, credit, a couple credits. We got like one of those mid mid credits uh, uh, scenes. Yeah. And uh, so, I mean, you can't take this seriously. This the the I think the filmmakers even threw that in just to show that you can't take this movie seriously. The, what they wanted to show was first of all they wanted to do this was their first time directing they wanted to do yeah. a movie they directed they'd written uh, a couple things this is, they wanted to direct so they're like okay well let's do a low budget you know let's do one location so we have a low budget and everything so you know they're okay let's 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 stretch a party scene that you see in these these teen movies into one whole movie and that's yeah. the whole movie is the party and uh, so, you know, then they worked out the, the, the things in between it and everything. But, I mean, you know, all it's meant to show, it's meant to take you back to that nostalgia. It's meant to take you back to, you know, I knew somebody like that. Or I know that, you know, you know all, all these different, like, like I said, tropes yeah. and styles and fashions and all that kind of stuff. Um, it's just meant to be like, I know a guy, you know, I know a guy like that. I know a girl like that. And to, to capture that, that sense of what it was like to be a teen in the 90s yeah. and leaving high school and everything. You know, and, and it's funny because I knew, again, I went to high school the same year. I graduated the year after they graduated, right? Mm -hmm. And I, I knew people like this constantly. You know, I mean, the, the soundtrack was the soundtrack in my high school. You know, that this soundtrack in Rush Hour was, like, big, you know, when I went to high school. You know, it just, it just was. You know, and for this, it's, it's just a nostalgia, and it's just so many great scenes one after another. You know, it's not, not one of these movies where you're like, oh, my gosh, this is just the greatest movie ever made but it's also like one of those movies where you can watch it again and again and, yeah. it's, and it's like it doesn't lose any feel to it and the funny thing is, is that you know um, I, I don't think a lot of people if, if you didn't watch it when it first came out you might not get it yeah. you might not understand it or you know uh, it's you know it's it, it could be very specific um, everybody I've always known that's that's you know our age you know usually likes this movie but you know, I think it perfect uh, perfectly encapsulates you know 1998. Uh, it, it, it connects with the ages, uh, those ages so well. You know, it's like how Breakfast Club or Sixteen Candles or or you know Fast Times connected with the eighties or Clueless. or or how Clueless or Days and Confused yeah. connected with the early nineties and different yeah. things like that. So. You know, this is that that other one like you know Can't Hardly Wait, American Pie. Well, they, you know that Confused that, was more more 80s wasn't it or days 70s? and confused oh no no that's early 90s man that was like a lot of grunge people in there and all oh, that yeah. kind of stuff i think it came out in like 93 or something like that but um but yeah i mean you're like fast times that was like a yeah, 90s yeah. type of thing yeah. so um but you know it was it was it was made for teens or or people that were like i said that that were younger who couldn't wait to get to where these people are at leaving high school or leaving the 90s or whatever it is um, whereas the more cynical films or, or the more, more vulgar ones that come out after this are really the more, you know, wanting to go back to the high school yeah, years, you yeah. know. That's well, you could, you, could, you could tell, like, you know, the people, you could tell the people that basically, you know, once they got out of high school, they weren't going to amount to much. You know what I mean? And, and they were just, you know, when, you, when you're in high school, you just think you're going to grow up to be, you know, a famous person known around the world type situation in high school you know you always have these high hopes and stuff like that and, and i'm not saying they don't come true but i think in the realization it makes you realize watching these type of movies that you know life is more than just high school you know what i mean back then when you were in high school 
it was all about high school. You know what I mean? It was all about, you know, you weren't looking so far into the head until like, you know, 11th grade, 12th grade, and then you start looking really into the future. But well, that's that's one of the that's like it connects to one of the points that I was going to make here. He's, you know, Preston, he's an honest portrayal. Um, because when we're that age or younger, you know, we mis we misconstrue misconstrue coincidence as fate. Yeah, you know, and, and our past, you know, passionate, you know, pursuit of of life and love or whatever, you know, it's it's you know, we misconstrue all these different things that are just like I'm eating the same pop tart as somebody else. You know, I that know. that's that's a yeah. fate thing. It's a coincidence thing. But you know the stakes are so high when we're in high school, you know, because that's what matters, right? You yeah. know, for most people, and I don't think I was ever as bad as a lot of these portrayals are and everything, but for a lot of people, you know, high school is, 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 you know, it, it's their entire world. They can't imagine anything beyond it. Yeah. So everything's important here, but you know, and so, so somebody, yeah. so somebody who, who, um, you know somebody who who has these feelings like Preston does about oh this must be fit because he's just like it's like love first sight thing and he you know falls in love with her as soon as he meets her you know he's got to be like he's got to blow everything out of proportion almost well, to I, a creepy point I, I think every single character in this movie did that though in a way because like I, I knew people I knew uh, somebody in my high school was exactly like every single one of these characters but not to such an advanced degree like you had you had your you know, I'm sure at some of your high schools you had your Seth Green type characters, and and as as outlandish as he was, you had that type of character. You know, and I I feel like I'm not but sure you if didn't, I ever remember anybody like that though. But that's what I'm saying. Like it was all like enhanced. You know, they, they right. were enhanced with yeah. even even Preston was enhanced to a point where it was like almost obsessive. I mean, it was obsessive, but you know, I mean, yeah, okay, if you you're attracted to somebody and and you know, back in high school, yeah, you, you, you know, you get to that point, but I don't remember anybody writing letters and, and, you know, revising letters for, you know, several years or three years or whatever, revising and revising a letter to give to somebody. You know, I, I never, I never, I could never see anything like that drastic in that. I mean, it was like, seriously, it was enhanced. You know, yeah. the personalities were enhanced in this yeah. movie because I knew people that were like this, but not to that degree. Right. And they're, they're like stereotypes. Like I said, yes. their personalities enhanced have become these, these stereotypes and that's what they were trying to represent. They weren't trying to create any kind of characters that you can get behind who have a history. It's like, let's create a character that's just very, you know, surface level. And so you can put whoever you have in your mind in those stereotypes, you know? You're not really laughing or rolling your eyes or empathizing with, you know, any of these particular characters on the screen, but you're empathizing or you're rolling your eyes or you're laughing at the stereotypes, what they represent and what they represent in your mind and your experiences with other people. And and I feel like, you know, I I love when a movie is complete. And, And what I mean by complete in my mind is everything happens at the end of the movie that you expect to happen. Like, that you want to happen, it happens. You know, that's what I feel like is makes a great movie is that when it's a complete movie where you're like, okay, I really hope this happens and this happens and this happens and all that stuff happens because it, it's, it's a completed movie. Like, like they don't leave it for a part two. Like, there's no way that they could do a part two. I mean, a well, lot not of... Not when they do epilogues. Right, right. But when what I'm saying... they do epilogues, it's like, well, they already told us what happens later yeah. on. Like, like, American Pie is basically in the same exact category as this movie. Okay. The only difference is they they have they, sequels. They have sequels that they you know they go to college and then they get you know get out of college that kind of thing, and I, I kind of feel like that's not 
it, it doesn't really work, you know, besides maybe horror movies. It's really the only time that that, that, that formula works, I think, is having sequels to movies like this. Yeah. You know, like, you know, uh, I know what you did last summer. You know, you can, you can make sequels to that. Scream, you can make sequels to that. You know, American Pie, they made sequels and... You know they were they were good, but they, they weren't better or worse this than is the original. Open and shut thing. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, they're open up to her. Here's the story. Here's our characters. Yep. We're not expecting you to dive deep. Let's just nope. have some fun. Yep. yep. You know, and that's represented also by you know the the names of some of these people. You know, uh, you got Jock One, Jock Two, and Jock Three. You Klepto know? Kid is the is you what got he's Klepto listed. Kid. You got Watermelon Guy. You got uh, Ready to Have Sex Girl. Yeah. You know, you got Ready to Have Sex Girl's friend. You have yeah. Girl Whose Party It Is. Yes. Who is hilarious, yeah. by the way. I know. But um, you know that that's I mean that's another thing that the filmmakers did to show you like none of that matters. You know, it's it's not about. You know, trying to delve deep into this, have fun and have Enjoy fun the with movie. the nostalgia, the movie, and and have fun with a, a like a timeless tale that you could you know with a predictable ending and all that, but one that wraps up, depending on how you look at yeah. it, the way you want it to. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, you you just and it also leaves at the end, you know, kind of for your imagination what happens between Amanda and Preston. You know what I mean? In, no, it doesn't. She wrote him a letter every day. Okay, right. And but, she didn't do anything with her life. She just sat at home and wrote letters to him. But you see my point sure there, though. He is doing well in his life. Yeah. So it's just you can't really you can't really make a second part to it because it's good good because it does kind of do that to you, you know, as far as making you, you know, want that. Right. Um. So let's see. Uh, some of the things that I liked about this movie. Um, I like that they didn't make Preston and Denise romantic at all. Yeah, but right. they were strictly platonic. I think there was a no, little they dated offhand for three line. Days. There was an offhand line about they dated for a week or whatever. <laughs> were you like this when we were? Were you like this when we were? <laughs> you know, but you could tell there is absolutely no attraction between the two. There's no him talking about Amanda and her like longingly looking at him, hoping that he would yeah. notice her, that type of trope or whatever. She seemed so, it was so awkward watching her for most of the movie until she got with Seth Green. It was very, very awkward because she was so just kind of like. I think she was in love with for a while. It was like yeah. She didn't want to admit it because he was like this fake person. Yeah. But she, you know, she was in love with like, like who she knew at one time. Yeah. Because she still looks at him over at the party, you know, at the party across the room. And, and makes, judges him the yeah, whole talk, time. Just talking to uh, Preston is like, oh, he's so annoying or whatever. You Preston know, knows about it too, you know. So, I mean, you know, that's, that's you know, that's one of the things. I, I, I really like that they didn't go with that and they didn't because, I mean, that would just be adding more more crap to it that you don't need yeah. in the movie more more drama that you don't need um i also like that they uh you know the the two the two nerds that were with william yeah they had the x-file shirts um their names are x-file one and x-file two but <laughs> file is spelled p-h-i-l-e like they're yeah. like something that they love Evil. or whatever so it's 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 I, th- I thought that was a pretty unique uh thing and then of course the, the party girl uh, her, her, she's listed as uh, girl whose party it is. Yeah, how she just slowly unravels into insanity over the night. I mean, how, like, how did what she expect the that hell was gonna go? Is this? Yeah, <laughs> but but and, and and the crazy thing is, is that when she catches him in the bathroom, she says, you know, she's like, oh my god, she's, like, and then Seth Green and, and her are just like fix the door. 
<laughs> fix yeah, they, the door. Not like I'm sorry or this and that. You know, it's like no, fix the door. You know. I like how they both took off and didn't he leave all his stuff or did he yes. pack all his well, stuff? Well, up? no, because she left. She had left. And well, was she just, did, but I'm talking about the the party girl and Seth Green were the only one there, and she's still screaming at him to get. Did he grab his stuff before he ran out, or did no. he just run out? Uh, well, I, I don't think it showed it right as him actually running out. I don't know. If he did, it'd be awesome because now there's all these candles and yeah. condoms and, and lubrications and lotions yeah. and stuff everywhere, and that would be hilarious. I just thought, like, I mean, she was just very awkward throughout that whole scene, though. Just, I mean, before she, you know, was in there in the bathroom with uh, Seth Green's character, you know, and, and she was just very awkward sitting on the couch by herself. And, you know, it was just like, uh, okay. You know, and then, and then seeing, uh, you know, I, I thought it was hilarious about the the guy trying to and, and see I've heard these conversations before. I mean, I, I wasn't actually talked to with these kind of conversations, but you know, oh, well, you should break up with your girlfriends because we broke up. You know, I broke up with mine and all this other stuff. And we'll have party and hook up with college Most chicks. Most guys would be like, what? What are you talking about? Yeah, I mean, and and then especially like their girls are like nothing but like helpful and loving like towards them, and, and they got them tickets to uh, yeah, Pearl Jam, yeah, and all that. Where where you know. He, you know, and Amanda probably would have been the same way, but, you know, it was, it was better probably for Amanda that all this happened, you know, in the long run, you know, because he well, yeah, was the how ultimate. Many, how many relationships you get like that where, like, November, you know, Christmas break, they're breaking up because in their freshman year because they're long distance or whatever. Yeah. So, you know, he wouldn't have been faithful anyways. Um, what what's your, what uh, what would you, I guess you'd say, your favorite, favorite parts about this movie are, favorite part or... <sighs> I'd have to say when he is talking with Jenna Elfman, yeah. like I I, told, I was telling my wife about this. I, I was like, this is probably one. I think it was one of the greatest scenes in the whole movie is where she's talking to him. Oh, I'm the weirdo. You're the one calling Barry Manilow from a phone booth at 2 a.m. You're right. I'm a total loser. And, you know, kind of making him realize that, you know, that this is her life and that she, you know, she obviously has regrets, you know, and, and he basically telling him. Which shows don't the talent have of the filmmakers, too, because yeah. if they're not trying to make a deep movie, but yeah. within the 10 minutes that Jenna Elfman is in this yeah. movie, she's giving you this char character depth and and things that you can see behind her eyes without her even having yeah. to say anything. Because I mean, have this random stripper or sorry, yeah, dancer come dancer, up and yeah. give him advice. Yeah, and just sitting there, and yeah, and, and, and she's, you know, really just kind of basically telling Preston, say, hey. The point is, I totally realize, you know, fate. There is fate, but it only takes you so far because once you're there, it's up to you to make it happen. You are so definitely right. I know. So look, don't you make the same mistake I did, okay? Because if you really want to be with him, then you get back on that phone and you call Barry Manilow and you tell him how you feel. Make a conscious effort. Just put yourself out there. You know what I mean? And, and you know, she, you could tell that she had a lot of regrets. Yeah. You know, that she she's not somewhere where she wanted to be at in life after high school. And she was just trying to portray to him saying, hey, this you don't want to be where I'm at you know you don't want to have all these regrets that you didn't make you know take that step you know and, and talk to that person or whatever you know she was just real big on that and I thought that was the best scene of the whole movie 
how much was the fact that we didn't have cell phones back in the day oh, a man. huge plot point of so many different movies? Oh, man. Like, they couldn't get to a payphone in time. They yeah. couldn't get to, you know, somebody else kicked them off their payphone or whatever it is. You know, the payphone's broken and the whole story yeah. goes off off the rails or off the road or whatever. Like, so much hanged on the fact that you didn't have this that communication thing right yeah. in your pocket where you could get yourself out of a jam. Because like, Amanda could... The invention yeah. of the cell phone killed a lot right. of Hollywood, uh, Hollywood stories. Amanda could have literally looked on Facebook, looked up his name on Facebook exactly. and seen him instantly, probably send him a message right away, yeah. you know, saying, hey, meet me here, uh, let me, let's talk, you know, or something like that. But, you know, she's searching around the party. She doesn't even know what he looks like. That's one of my favorite aspects of the movie is that... She gets this letter. Who knows what it says? And it doesn't, like I said, you know, it doesn't matter because it's 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 a uh, it's a prop. You know, it's it's like the Holy Grail. It's it's yeah. it's just a thing in the movie. It's a suitcase from Pulp Fiction. Exactly. It's a thing in the movie where it really doesn't matter what's inside yep. or, or what what it is. It's it's what it does yeah. for the characters, for yeah. the story, and everything. So, you know, she's running around the house and 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 looking looking for Preston and like. One of the coolest parts is when she finally gets tracked down by the uh, the yearbook girl and like looks through it. It's like, oh wait, let me look. And then she looks and sees it's the guy that she just chewed out and everything. And yeah. she's like, oh shit. But at the same time, can you blame her though? No, I mean, no, for, no. The way she acted. I mean, she with was him coming to- up because uh, like after that, it was like she had just broken up with him again, or yeah. like you know they had their argument with. Um, Oh, uh, Mike Dexter. Yeah. And uh, so she walked away, and now she's getting hit on by everybody. Watermelon guy, this guy, that guy. She, I the mean, bad, too. It's staring. not like even like, oh, I, 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 I thought you were staring cute. at her boobs. Like, I know. He goes, yeah, I just want to say, you're so hot. You know, yeah. just staring at her and everything. And so, you know, she has all these guys, and then he comes up, and he's like, Amanda, I love you. And she's like, what's He that? probably should have said that in the first place. And he place, goes, but, whoa, yeah. you know, he goes, I know how that sounds. And, I, and like, he can't even get out what he wants to say, and, and she just loses it. But, yeah. no, you could not blame her no. because, you know, the, the crap that she was getting at that party. I mean, within, within five minutes nowadays. of each other. Yeah, within five minutes of each other, you know, or these scenes. Less. Yeah, I mean, it was just sexually harassment <laughs> until she, yeah, until she got to that, that, that place where she could go downstairs and him say that to yeah. her, you know? And, and. And it, it creates that foil that, you know, they, they call it, you know, the end of the third, the second or third act foil where it's, you know, he's finally come to this point and he gets completely knocked down. And, yeah. you know, it, everything that came before it, everything leading up to it, um, it's just dash because he's thinking, I didn't consider that she would completely hate me. Yeah. And that's what he thinks. Now, for her, you know, she just has this reaction because people are going off. But she probably doesn't recognize it's the same guy that when she was sitting on the couch earlier and she heard that, that the, the remember the dude that came up to him and he, remember that time, bro, yeah. <laughs> when we were, you know, the black dude. So he, he's like, remember that time, bro, when we did that? Oh, it was just so awesome. Yeah. You know, it was, uh, I, I, I had a guy character. in high school. I know exactly who that I was. I love that character. He is hilarious. Every time he comes on, he's just got like such this bro type of voice yeah but i mean right there he's he's telling these funny things about about preston and she's laughing at it she thinks it's cute she thinks it's kind of you know endearing adorable or whatever and she doesn't realize that you know whenever she's yelling at him because she's just blind with rage because these people keep hitting on her and coming after her and all this kind of stuff and but he just thinks oh i didn't consider that she wanted nothing to do with me and she would think that i'm pathetic now some of his things that he's doing throughout this movie 
you know, you want to be like, okay, this is kind of creepy, you know, the Pop-Tarts thing. I know, you know, <clears throat> probably he knows her whole schedule and all this kind of stuff. So, yeah, yeah it could be on creepy. But Ethan Embry, he, he is such a, like an innocent, he's got, even though I know he's not like that in real life, he's got like this such an innocent. Ba- he's got Bambi eyes. Yeah, he's got the baby face, innocent portrayal, and he does it very well in this movie. And I just, I, you know, it, 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 whenever he gets yelled at like that, I mean, you could just see the hurt. Yeah. But it broke right then and there. Yeah, that's one of those things that I like. Um, and I like that, you know, his plan with the note, it works like halfway through the movie. She reads the note, but he doesn't know that she read the note. Even when she's yelling at him, she he doesn't know that she's already read the note. Yeah. Of course, she doesn't know that she's yelling at the person she's looking for. Yeah. Um. And uh, so, uh, so I thought that was cool, you know, that like the it it was done, the plan had worked halfway through the movie, yeah. but we didn't even really get to see the benefits of it until right before the credits. Yeah, um, I like they got the I like Trip McNeely. I think Jerry O'Connell is you know perfect. Whenever uh, whenever Mike is like, you know, all these girls, the girls back here talk about you all the time too, and he goes, really? Which ones? <laughs> He's just kind of like gazing it's off creepy. in the distance and stuff. But uh, you know, I thought but he there did. was guys like that in high school. Like not, they were people would come back to the parties. Yeah, and yeah, stuff. they were coming to the back to, and uh, we would see it all the time. And but you knew that person, who that person was. It was, they were popular in high school, and they get to college, and then they they just get lost. High school in, was their peak point. Yeah, yeah, they get like lost that. lost in the crowd at that point once they go to college. So they come back for that that adrenaline rush again, you know. And and but you knew people like like we we knew people that would do that you know or yeah. or we go to a college party or something like that you know and, and there was always those those guys there and and it's it's just it it's so true you know this movie there's a lot of truth to it you know what i mean and and you know i thinking seeing the kid from hook was just hilarious yeah i mean he he uh you know like when they were running running down his accomplishments it was like valedictorian head of the chi- uh chinese language club german language club or whatever else like this you know i mean he just uh know, it went yeah real quick like scrolled all the yeah. way to the bottom all the things that he was doing yeah and those things were were pretty funny i'll, I'll talk about those in a minute but yeah i forgot peter fatsonelli was a not like a 90s johnny from cobra kai uh-huh. or from uh karate kid or whatever yeah and you know you forget every time you know you see him later on like it wasn't it was he in something with Tith- Tiffany Amber Thiessen? Um and I, I think Jenny Garth was in it or something because I know they got married Peter Fastinelli and, and Jenny Garth. Yeah, let's uh, see. I, I I'm not sure, but I mean I think the f- most famous thing he did after this though was Twilight, right? Yeah, he did. Uh, he did some Twilights. He was on Nurse Jackie for a while, I think, and then uh, Supergirl. He's on. Uh, I'm just trying to think if I could see anything that he's, he would have, yeah, his, his, I mean, he's, he was in a lot of stuff, but it just wasn't like, yeah, really wasn't anything like big. Fastlane is the one that I was thinking of. Okay. Um, and he was in uh, Six Feet Under um, with, uh, with what's her name? The one who played Denise. Yes. In this movie. Yes. And he was also an American dad, too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Fastlane, uh, that's the, Peter Fastinelli, and it had uh, Bill Bellamy and uh, Tiffany Amberthy, or well, Tiffany Thiessen in that one. Um, but yeah. So, and then, you know, <laughs> he's in Twilight. I think every time I see I, I see him in Twilight now, it's, it's calm Carl, Carlisle Cullen. I'm going to think of him going, Amanda. <laughs> Remember that yeah. part in the movie where it's like, Okay, 
Amanda, like whenever he confronts her in the party, and that's like the best thing he can throw at her. Well, and you and you caught at the end, right? Where he he goes and uh, he gets that guy, the nerdy guy. He gets him out of jail, you know, by basically taking the fall for the whole thing. Yeah, you know, and I I kind of feel like he was doing that because he, you know, he didn't want him talking about the pictures probably and that's probably why he took the fall for it just so that he wouldn't be talking about it afterwards yeah through his alcohol and and, you know getting shamed by Amanda and stuff you think maybe he's learned his lesson he's he's finally coming to terms that he's actually a loser and you know doesn't understand the important things in life and everything but so you think he has a little redemptive arc when he apologizes to William and then tells the cops it was his fault to keep him out of trouble Especially with, like, William probably having schools lined up and all this kind of yeah. stuff. And then he completely just destroys him in front of his friends again the next morning. And he's gone back to... He's gone back person. to the, the, he's about the same person. And the, the the jock friends of his, they're going back to, maybe we should break up with their girlfriends again. Yeah, yeah. You know, so they don't have any development either, so... Well, if you notice, you notice it's like... And I see this a lot in movies where it's, you know, you would think they work better on making it more believable that, <laughs> like, for instance, you know... Peter Facinelli is not a tall person. He's not a big person either. You know, in this movie, like, you know, the older he got, he got bigger. You know what I mean? As a, as a person, you know, he's you larger. He fatter. Well, yeah. I mean, definitely that. <laughs> you know, haven't we all? Pretty but, sure that we but, all have that issue. What I'm saying is that, like, it's... it's. I, I noticed it... Uh, I was watching the new stand, right? The new the new show stand. and Don't spoil it for the, me. No, I won't. It, it's just that they pick on Harold, right? These guys pick on Harold. The guy, Harold, is like twice the size of these guys. Yeah. Right? And I mean, one of them, it, remind, it takes me back to like the Christmas story, you know, where it's got like the, the two the two bullies and, you know, that one little tiny bully guy, you know? Yeah. Uh, not Scott Farkas, but uh, Grover or something. I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, but, but he, you know, it's, 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 you would think they would work a lot harder on making movies a little bit more believable in that sense. You know, it's like the bully is... You know, skinny, scrawny, and uh, real tiny. Where the people they're picking on are just like giants. You know what I mean? It would take like an arm swipe. It's the to, same thing watching to fa- battle. Fast Five, watching The Rock and Vin Diesel fight, and to yeah. think that Vin Diesel—that's what I'm talking any about. Believable chance yes, against The Rock. This is what I'm talking about. I mean, Peter Facinelli is not that big of a guy. Yeah. Even the guy that was playing the nerd was bigger than him. You know what I mean? I mean, was he was he? tall. Yeah, he was taller than him and everything. Yeah, but then there's tall and then there's there's sturdy. Scrawny, but yeah. But I, mean, I think he was, I think he did all right for the '90s, maybe. Yeah. Because I think you know, as the 2000s and then the you know the aughts and the teens came in, you know, you start getting more jacked people in high school, and you know, instead of you know early to mid 20s people playing high school, you got late 20s. Yeah. <laughs> you know, mid to late 20s playing high school. Yeah. But yeah, you know, he could have gotten a better. But you know, I think he just he adds just the right level of menace. Yeah. To, to, to I, Mike. I can do that. I can do that. And um, but yeah, the the epilogues are very um, they're very biased, um, and you can tell like what type of people these filmmakers probably were in the school. Yeah. Whereas you know these jocks and stuff, they don't get any character growth. No. Um, the girlfriends, even the girlfriends of the jocks, are stuck with these people. So. You know, it, it, you know, they got all the love for people like Preston and William and all this kind of but, stuff. But it's but that's nothing, the it's the classic underdog right, right. Uh, story, though. You know, it's it's just it's always going to be that underdog story, and, and people enjoy the but, underdog I mean, you have story. Some movies like She's All That or what's the Mandy Moore another one? Oh, um, uh, yeah, the one where she uh, walked to remember or whatever. Yeah, 
you have like the cool guy who um and even not another team like varsity blues or whatever you know you have the cool guy who learns to be you know a better person or whatever but then you have movies like this where you know it's the 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 underdog that comes out on top instead of the you know the the typical guy on top learning <clears throat> how to be a better person you know what i mean yeah i, I mean and that, that recipe i think works really well though like look at uh <coughs> she's out of my league it's kind of the classic story of you know the underdog uh, you know, i only saw that for the first time last year like at the beginning of oh, last, I love that I think movie. during coronavirus i just watched it just the other day i love that movie but it's just you know that classic underdog story you know where you get the you know, basically the classic underdog story that 99.9% of the time never works and yeah. never happens in real life. You know, I mean, it's never that, you know, the the prom queen, uh, you know, ends up with the nerdy valedictorian guy that, that never talked to anybody in school. You know, that never really happens. You know, Romeo and Michelle's high school reunion, that happened. But, you know, it, they were also listed as the nerdy people yeah. back in high school as well. You know, I don't like that movie anymore. Really? <clears throat> I used to. I don't like it anymore. Oh, why? Yeah. Just have my own issues with it. Go ahead. You know what I'm saying? That classic recipe, it never ever, it doesn't work in the real world. But that's why people want to see it on the movie screen. You yeah. Know? That's why you want to see that, that you know, the underdog story. You know, that that's what people go to watch movies for, really. You know, I mean, whether it's a superhero movie, a drama, whatever, a war film, you know, it's always about that underdog. Well, I mean, they can't. It's about it's about moving on, right? That's what this is about. It's it's really about moving on. All the pretty much all the characters on this are ready to move on. You know, Mike, he's ready to drop a man to get on to college, and the the jocks come. You know, are coming for Amanda, with him too. Uh, but Amanda is she's ready to move on past being labeled as Mike's girlfriend. Yeah. that's all she's known. Yeah. But she just doesn't know how to move on. Mm-hmm. Um, Denise, she's ready to move on. You know, she's ready to, ready to move on, get out of the high school bullcrap. Kenny is ready to move on to, to to not be a virgin anymore, to get to college, UCLA, and to sleep with all these girls. Everybody's ready to move on except for Preston. Yeah, Preston is prepared to move on. He's ready to move on, but he does not want to because yeah. he's still got this issue with Amanda that he wants to deal with. Everything else is lined up. He's leaving the day after graduation. Yeah. Everybody else, they're, they're probably hanging around all summer, but, I mean, he's so prepared that he's leaving the next day. Yeah. He's the only one that's actually ready to move on, but he's not ready to move on. You know what I mean? He's still, yeah. he still, he, he doesn't want to because he wants to deal with this Amanda thing before he moves on. And by the end of the movie, everybody else has figured out how to get past that point, except for Mike, who loses any kind of character development. Yeah. But everybody finds a way, you know, William finds a way to finally get over it. He's like, you know what? This guy got humiliated at the party, humiliated at the party anyways. He moved on, became really successful. Yeah. Own, you know, has a business that's worth $40 million or whatever, is dating supermodels yeah. and all that, which is like, okay, that's very specific. <laughs> you know, you yeah. really wanted to show that this nerd made it. So that's cool or whatever. Um, but I feel like they've done that type. They've done this, this, this type before, you know, like uh, even in Say Anything, it was kind of like that too, where he, you know, regrets you know you want to move on Wasn't you know he just wanna, trying to be a kickboxer in that movie well, or something he, he really didn't he he it's was been a long time since I yeah he, he wanted to get through you know school and but he ended up meeting somebody and the he was kind of always gobbler. the yeah but you know it just feels like they've done this you know this kind of formula you know where you've got this kid who is pined over this girl for however long or girl pined over a guy well, usually it's thing. like stories like ducky 
in yeah. you know the you know Molly Ringwald movies the the, the friends pining after her yeah. or whatever. But usually they find a way to move on and be comfortable with themselves and find somebody else. Mm-hmm. This is one of those rare movies where you get the Although those are friends, this uh, what makes this one different is that she had no idea who the guy even was. Yeah, like you're even in high school, you 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 maybe at least some know somebody's name. Like I know that that person, his name is whatever. I don't know anything about that person, but yeah. you know you've been through your yearbook enough. Well, remember the Earth Girl that they got her listed as Earth Girl, but she was like, "Yeah, he literally like sat next to you every day." And she's like, "Sheep, you're all sheep." Yeah, <laughs> I just I, I I've seen her recently on uh, Big Bang Theory. She lost a ton of weight. Yeah, Sarah yeah. Rue is her name. She was on uh, Impastor with Michael Rosenbaum. Yeah, she was also on Psych. A couple other things, but she's hilarious. She is, and she plays. That. I couldn't remember if she was that fry cook chick that kept dropping dropping her retainer in the fry grease. And my name is Earl. Remember when uh, Earl went and covered for this guy so he could go on his um, his uh, honeymoon that Earl ruined, and he's working with his the, the his fast food place. John Favreau is the yeah. manager of the yeah. fast food place. Yeah, and she, I I, I, it looked a lot like her. She kept dropping her retainer in the but, oil. It was but remember what she said to him, to Amanda and was like, you know, look, you know, he, he's he been pining over you for quite a while. He's sat next to you. I cannot believe you don't know who he is. I mean, everybody at the party seemed to, except for that crowd, that, that jock crowd, you know, but everybody else, even the yearbook girl, every, everybody knew who he, he was. Which is why the ending of this is so unrealistic, right? Yeah. So, like, <clears throat> at the very end, you know, she finally figures out who he is, but it's too late. And by the, by the next day, somehow she's she finds out his dad's information. I don't know. Yeah, she talks to his dad or whatever, finds out where he is. Um, even though she didn't know what he looked like, but she was able to get a hold of his. Dad. Yeah, but even though she just chewed him out and all this kind of stuff, she still went and met him. And you know, it was you know thinking oh maybe we can start something but like like i said you know she had no idea who this person was it doesn't work like that and that's why this this movie is more a teen fantasy yeah you know you have like american pie that tries to be realistic with the vulgarness of teenagers and different things like that you know you have you know things like empire records or uh well i guess that's not really teen but you know like um say anything yeah or Fast Times or any of those movies where, you know, you, these are more about the characters and the story and everything like that. This is just a, kind of a broad fantasy because, you know, and, and understand it's not everybody's fantasy, but people that would grow up to, to write and direct movies is probably their fantasy because yeah. they were probably part of a certain crowd in high school. You know, so it's about that um, that jock or bully getting their comeuppance right yeah. it's about the nerd gets a great epilogue where he's completely successful has everything he's ever wanted in life um <clears throat> it's about this guy who's pined for this girl for four years has never had apparently any kind of courage to talk to her or even try to be her friend or anything like that because she has no idea who he is um, getting the girl on this last minute deal, you know, like I said, you know, they had never even talked before she yelled at him and <coughs> excuse me, she had never even talked to him before she yelled at him and suddenly they're at the next uh, day, they're at the station and they say a few words and then they're making out. Yeah. So <coughs> it's about this girl who lost a friend that she crushed on when she was younger, reconnecting with him 
and uh, hooking up, but being, you know, the, the dominating part of their relationship and controlling that part of their, so, you know, it's, it's all of these fantasies, you know, things that probably wouldn't really happen or even happen in a movie, but you're tying up things nicely. The, the bad guys get their comeuppance and, you know, it ends not believably, but it ends like a sweet ending where you're like, you know, that's how I wanted it to end, you know? Well, so, what, was your, know, what was your favorite part? I mean, I don't think I asked you that. The end. The end? Okay. <clears throat> when she comes to the train station and that uh, Only You song plays where it's like, but yeah, you know, she she comes in and, and the way he gets up, he goes to, to leave and he gets up and she goes, Excuse me, I think you dropped this. What are you doing here? Well, I talked to your dad, and uh, he told me that you'd be here, so I just thought that I would... Uh... That's my letter. I thought it was my letter. Yeah, of course it's your letter. I mean, I just... He plays this innocent thing so well. Just like, he goes, you found my letter. The way he says, you found my letter, he's just like, feels like he's having an anxiety attack. Yeah. And he's about to start crying and stuff, and... And then he's just kind of like, she said something, and he kind of looks, and then it, it dawns on him. You could see it dawn on his face, and his face goes, Did you read it? Yeah. Um, let me just say that I, I don't know what I put in that letter because I wrote it so many times that it was Thank that. you. Thank you. And especially knowing how Ethan Embry is in real life, yeah. he plays that innocent so well, just like this innocent kid that... You know, he wasn't trying to get with her. He truly did, like, love her from afar and all this kind of stuff. And, and, and all he wanted was a chance to talk to her. And now he's getting this chance. And then he runs after her. I mean, yeah. You're welcome. So, are you leaving now? God, um... Yeah... It's just, um... Really bad timing? Yeah. I've got this workshop, um... with Kurt Vonnegut in it. He's my hero, and I... Wow. That's great. That's really great. Congratulations. Thanks. You should, um, you should probably go then. You know, maybe it's better this way. Maybe I should just be single for a while or something. Sure. Maybe it's like you said. You know, all this happened for a reason. I said that, didn't I? kiss and you know it never really says what happens to him later on but I don't know maybe just the nice fantasy of that and uh, the nice uh, the, the, the happy endings because it's more realistic to not really have a lot of happy endings but I miss movies like that I do too I mean especially movies that again like like I said at the beginning of the podcast you know it's um, or in the middle whatever 
that you know it's a complete movie you know what i mean it's it's just everything had an ending to it you know what i mean you you didn't really sit there and wonder well i wonder what this person you know got up to that kind of thing you know i mean they ended it the right way i think and and it's it's what I, again the completeness of it but you know one one thing i love about and we're going to be doing these 90s uh romantic comedies or whatever this whole month mm-hmm. and that's what i love about all these movies just the soundtracks are just amazing it takes you back to it really does. that time in your life you know you know as you get older and and you know for those older than us know those younger than us will know are starting to realize that you know um as as you know this doesn't work for everybody some people didn't have very good childhoods yeah. or whatever <clears throat> but in general for the most part i mean you know you, you, it's like andy from the office i wish you could know that you're in the good old days when, when you're, you're in, in the, the good, good old, old days, days yeah. you know so it's 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 and not that you know our lives are miserable now we're just in different parts of our lives yeah. and everything but you know we we have good memories yeah. you know based on you know good times in high school bad times in high school and everything yeah. and especially with a soundtrack like this is one of those yeah those movies that's like identified by its soundtrack you know i wanted i wanted to call this eve six the movie or you know even blink yeah. one i think there was like a couple blink 182s i know there was at least two eve six songs the first one that starts out was the open road song by eve six and then inside out plays which yeah. um, you know everybody knows inside out by eve six but yeah. then you know when damn it plays at the end by blink 182 and uh, Smash Mouth is in there, yeah. you know, especially during the Paradise City, which I can't stand. Paradise so, City. I hate that. You're song. not a Guns N' Roses fan. No, you know that. I, I can't know that. stand Guns N' Roses. I, I refuse know you're a Guns N' Roses. And I know you don't like a lot of hair bands, but I don't. But I, the, uh, Guns N' Roses is the worst. It's the they're the worst. Just because of uh, Axl Rose's voice. I apologize for anybody that likes Guns N' Roses. I just can't stand them. To be honest, I I don't like Axl Rose's voice. Yeah. I understand that. I mean, that's just like I, I, I don't. I mean, like, that scene was great, and him singing to that scene was amazing. I'm a I huge just, fan of rock music, and I, you know, I've been in that community for so long. But I've always said I cannot stand Metallica. I don't understand people. I like Metallica. Like I understand, like they have a legacy, and they they paved the way for a lot of people and everything. I just don't enjoy their music at all. I don't enjoy James Hetfield's uh, voice or anything. The time with Axel. It's I, but just, Metallica, and, and, I love, Metallica. and I really can't stand what's his name, Lars Ulrich. Oh. <laughs> Uh, See what you got to do here with the drum set is you got to tighten the drum Walken? heads. Are we talking about Christopher Walken? Don't or? steal my okay. music, Napster. <laughs> you know, that's that's that. Anyways, um, <clears throat> I was gonna say that the the end part and the um, girl whose party it is, her just slowly losing her mind throughout the whole party. She starts out dressed like she's like she's having a prom party, right? Yeah, yeah. Not like so it's going to be some kind of a rager. Like yeah. she should understand it is. And I like how it starts out with all the whispering that kind of sets up the story before you see any faces. Yeah. And you know you understand that Mike Baxter or, or Mike Dexter broke up with Amanda, all this kind of stuff. But then it also says, you know, whose party is it? It's that one girl. Remember, she's got the big thighs and everything like this. <laughs> like, like it's like people like don't like this girl, but they're gonna go to it because it's a party. Yeah, and so they don't mind going there and trashing the house. I mean, and did, she's like crawling she around looking for poop. Happen. The source of the poop. Somebody smell. sets a thing on fire. The curtain on oh, fire. Man, it, I, it was hilarious, and I like the the band sub the little sub story with the yeah. band breaking up and getting back together, and but before they can click in you know one two three and the cops break in yeah well like and 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 uh you know um charlie corzmo had some great 
quotes I thought throughout the movie. I got to look some of them up because it was just it was just uh, um, it was really good, really good, really good. <laughs> really good. No, he had, he had some he had some good ones. I didn't I didn't know if he'd uh, I don't know. My my opinion with the guy who plays William goes back and forth. He I mean obviously he's over the top. Um, but you know, maybe that's what, you know, I mean, this movie is over the top, so, you know, maybe that, that just needs it. I've never been a huge fan of that character. Um, just because it's very exaggerated and over the top, like I said, um, but it's very realistic <laughs> just when it's, and he has one of the yeah, best ones where he's like, Ever, nobody drink the beer. The beer is bad. And everybody's like, that tastes fine to me. And he's like, oh, okay. And he starts well, taking it Remember at the sense he says, he says, you have to come with me. There's this chick. There's these two chicks. They're triplets, man. You're not going to believe what they're doing. Not because I made it up or anything, but because it is so unbelievable. Come on out to the pool house because they told me to tell you they want you to watch. So come out. The pool house. Come on. He says, I'm a loser. I broke up with the hottest girl in school. My friends all sold me out. And somebody... Somebody in there just called me a Come fag. <laughs> but I mean, that's the thing is like, 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 yes, this movie does have some homophobia elements to it as far as, you know, what they're trying to dress him up as at the end. And, you know, it's, it's that whole nineties thing where God forbid the Jack, the jock of the school, the popular jock is outed yeah. as being anything close to homosexual or anything like that. I got that. one more. I got one more. Go ahead. Okay. He says, <laughs> somebody said, in there called me wit- witness exhibit B. An eye patch I wore for a month after Mike beamed me with a raisin in home act. My parents took me to a 3D film. I saw no third dimension. <laughs> and I like the pudding on the on the pants. It's like, why did he not wash those pants? Why did he leave the pudding? Why did, did he, he know, collect these things? I need to keep the stain on this because three years from now, I'm going to have a villain speech at a graduation party. Yeah, that's... <laughs> no, this is the funniest one yeah. out of all of them. He says, you know what they say... About women in trolley cars, there's plenty of them in the sea. <laughs> Even my daughter and my son were like, "What?" <laughs> you know, they're, they're you know, my oh, daughter. I didn't know daughter, your son watched. It. Well, he, I knew bits of pieces. His daughter did, but mainly, uh, you know, Keely, she was just like, "What?" <laughs> there's no. T- <laughs> I like that she liked the movie. I like that your niece, uh, that my niece, your daughter liked it. Um, you know, that tells me that you know, even though. There was a lot of things she probably didn't understand, like the music, the style, the fashion, even some of the the words that they use, the slang or whatever, that she could still get enjoyment out of it because she yeah. understands yeah. these are just stereotypes in the school. Yeah. Now they're, they're not the same same stereotypes kids have nowadays in school. Well, to no, a point, no, because nowadays they have karate dojos that fight in school. Well, that's true. That's true. <laughs> no, because you know, I, I see it. It's so funny to see it in your kids, meaning like. You know, you went to high school, you, 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 everybody felt, you know, felt they were all puzzle pieces that felt, you know, fell right into where, you know, a certain category or whatever, you know, or fell right into place, you know, and it's just kind of weird seeing your children growing up and then falling into these certain categories as well, you know, like the jock or the, the artsy person or, you know, whatever, you know, hopefully not some of the other ones, but, mm. you know, like the nerdy person or whatever else like that, but it's just kind of like a gamble to see, you know, where your ch- children are going to end up. You know, I mean, it's, it's all, you know, based a lot on, on society as well, but you know, it, it, I feel people fall in these stereotypes because of society in a way. You so know? who are you? I can't 
Like I, I said, we, I a lot of them were exaggerated. Yeah, I think we already asked each other who we were. A lot of it was exaggerated. <laughs> you know, I, I, I did somewhat dress like um, like Seth Green's character with the baggy jeans and all that, but I didn't wear goggles or I wasn't as... as I wasn't a horn dog like he was, and I wasn't a. And you uh, didn't talk like a. I, uh, yeah, a, a non-white person, I should say. Well, or whatever it is, but uh, you know, I, I kind of fell in that more of that category, but I wasn't like him in that. I wouldn't like his personality, like his you style was more. Like him or whatever. I, yeah, I just felt more like I was kind of a like a wallflower in high school a lot. You know what I mean? I I I played sports, so you know I could fall in one category, but I didn't really hang out with that type of people. You know what I mean? Like. It was really weird because being a military brat, I, I kind of, we hung out with other military brats, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, with what's great about being a military bat, brat is that each place you live, you can reinvent yourself in a way, you know what I mean? And so with these people, they could never reinvent, reinvent themselves in a way, you know, it's like how they were as a freshman in high school is probably how they're going to be all the way up through college, probably mm-hmm. in a way, you know what I mean? It's, and that's, and you saw that kind of in this movie where, yeah, you know, some of them were kind of maturing going off to college, but they still kept that personality in a way. You could kind of see how they were going to be <laughs> as an adults, I guess you could say. Yeah. Yeah, I I think I I'd say I'm like the uh the guy, would you like to touch my peanut? <laughs> <laughs> I'd hope not, but no, I'm just kidding. I have no legs. <laughs> no, I think I see my if I was one of these people in school, I'd probably be closest to Preston. Um, just because, you know, when they talked about, when I remember she's going around asking everybody, do you know who Preston is? Do you know who Preston is? Everybody knows who he is. Yeah. And some people even say, it's Preston. Everybody knows who Preston is. And that's kind of how I was. Like, I, like I, I, I was friends with everybody. Yeah. I didn't have, like, a clique that I that I stayed in. You know, I, maybe I did a little bit more uh, some a certain group than the others. But I mean, I you know I was I was friends with a lot of people there, and you know I was always one of these hopeless romantic, you know, um, have these crushes and want to do these big gestures type of thing, um, like Preston did and everything. So I guess I guess I'd say that I was closest to that. Yeah. Not that you asked, but well, I was gonna ask, <laughs> but you know, Amanda. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just feel like you know. <clears throat> I don't know. I wasn't a big fan of high school, to be honest with you. Like, I, I played sports. You know, I played football in high school. And, and, you know, I like you said, you know, we knew everybody. Everybody knew us. But we didn't grow up with anybody really in our high school. You know, we didn't really grow up with anybody in any of our schools because being military brats. Yeah, it was tougher for us because, yeah. yeah, we had a new set of friends every four years. Yeah, this, but that also kind of made us so that, like, you know, we were friends with everybody in a way. And there was only one family, the Pateras, that we um, – would you know you know run into again yeah and so you know otherwise you know every four years you get new people you don't never see the same people twice except for you know that family mm-hmm. we were stationed together a few yeah. a few different places but i don't know uh it's 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 an interesting uh it's an interesting movie i i hope that when people watch it they don't take it seriously understand that you can't you can't yeah understand that it's it's not for you to get attached to any particular character. It's for you to understand that these are stereotypes, the stereotypes that have been personified into names, even though half of them have names like 
you know, watermelon guy and girls <laughs> whose party it is and all this kind yeah. of stuff. But klepto kid. Yeah. And 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 my 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 daughter's favorite character was the klepto kid because he would just randomly just go around stealing just stuff and nobody ever said anything to him. At the end of the yeah, nobody even noticed him. Remember, he was grabbing stuff out of the house. <laughs> yeah. He ran out of the house. What was nobody- his name? His Shermanator in the American Pie oh, movies. Man. He was the Shermanator. <sighs> yeah, he was in a lot of these type of movies yeah, too. Like yeah. Pube sandwich or something. Oh yeah, that was gross. But, uh, you know, it's just the the fact that the kid was just going around stealing just random things, and nobody saw him, nobody caught him, nobody just, I mean, you know, in a way, you had that person in your high school, too, yeah. you know, and it, maybe not that drastic, but again, every every single personality in this movie was uh, emphasized extremely. Right, right. So, it's 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 just good, if you want to know what the, the late 90s is, or what the late 90s was for teenagers... Watch Can't Hardly Wait. It's a very good representation through the music, through the fashion, the style, through the personalities, the, personalities, the, 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 the tropes, the types of characters and stories that people were, were into, the types of movies um, that, that these teens were into or, or teens in general were into during that time. This is a perfect encapsulation of that. Um, and, and it has a kick-ass soundtrack. So um, go listen to it sometime. And... Um, <clears throat> Stick with us this month. Uh, we got a few more movies coming up, uh, and uh, as we go on, we will be announcing each one on our uh, social media platforms. So visit us, visit us there to see what's coming up soon. Um, our uh, our social media, you can find us at the Post Credit Podcast um, on Facebook and Instagram. On Twitter, we're at the Post Credit. Uh, our email address is thepostcreditpodcast at gmail.com. We have a website, www.thepostcreditpodcast.com. Have some good information there, and, we, and you can find us on YouTube as well. So uh, look us up. Stick with us this month. Uh, we should have a good time talking about some, some great uh, 90s movies and uh, some great uh, 90s actors, some who we've, we've lost between then and now. Or, uh, then and now. So, um, should be uh, should be an interesting time. Uh, have some good episodes coming up. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening, and we'll see you next time. And throw me a bone.